Hello everyone, my name is Patrick Patton and I am your host on Are We Grownups Yet? This is the podcast where I'm asking creative professionals how they built careers in unconventional fields to make a living doing the things that they love. And I'm doing that to inspire and motivate you to do the same. Today, I'm speaking with my good friend Candace Miller, who is a hair and makeup artist living and working in Los Angeles. And she's actually originally from the Central Coast, which is where I'm from. So Candace and I go way back, and I'm very excited to share this conversation with you. This is what we used to dream about when we were still just kids. How important is mindset to being successful at what you do and how do you view that? Like how do you keep your mindset in a healthy place? Yeah. Um, it's a daily struggle. (laughs) I mean, to be honest, like when I first moved to LA, I went from a consistent job. Like I've always slightly been a workaholic working for other people to then being my own boss, always having to find the next job never knowing where the next paycheck is coming from. And also you start to really like compare yourself to other people. How are other people succeeding? And it can really make you doubt yourself. Doubt, like so much insecurity and just thinking like, I'm not good enough or those people are better than me. I'll never be better than them. I'll never be at the level that they are. Um, They got that job over me, that sort of thing. And um, I actually, funny enough, was listening to... Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, one of my favorite podcasts. And I've actually been a Conan fan for years. And it's so interesting listening to his podcast because he's super honest and open about his struggles. And he's in the entertainment industry. Everyone knows Conan O'Brien. Like he comes off as a really fun, like happy guy that he struggled with depression for many years and that he's struggled with anxiety and this whole idea of like never being good enough and everything. And a lot of his guests that come on talk about the struggle as well as like creatives and, um, One thing that was talked about, I'm not really, I can't remember who the guest was, but it was on that show talking about, you can't put your joy in something that will constantly, no matter what, have ups and downs. Like my career will always have ups, always have downs. My boyfriend, Joe always says like peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. It'll always be a peak. It'll always be a valley. You can't put your joy or happiness in something that will always be up and down because that means that your joy and your, and your love will always be up and down. You have to find strength within yourself beyond that. You have to really separate yourself from that and find joy and peace and a good mindset outside of that because it'll always be up. It'll always be down. And if you attach your emotions to that and your mindset to that, you'll never be happy. I think that is such great advice. And you got to keep that perspective because yeah, it's going to go down. Right. It's going to go up too. Yeah. And (laughs) I think, um, I like, I definitely have moments like that, right? but I've also become pretty good at keeping perspective and it's not immediate. Usually a lot of times I will get a little down on myself and then I'll have to remind myself and I'm getting better at it Yes. to, to step back, take, you know, take in some perspective, look at, you know, I was just talking with Andrea about this the other day. 
because I moved the goalpost for myself. Mm. It's like I, I have a goal. Yeah. And I never feel quite satisfied because I've never crossed that goal. Right. But it's not because I haven't crossed, you know, exactly what I had in mind to do. It's because I've moved the goalpost mm. for myself. When yeah. I start getting close to one goal, okay, the next thing I need to get to is this. And the goalpost keeps moving and I keep crossing markers right. that I've set for myself, but I don't even realize it. I don't yes. even take the time to Enjoy stop, it. turn around and look at how far I've come. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't do that, it's kind of, you know, it, yeah. it, it can be unhealthy. And I think as you grow, you do pass those, um, you know, those milestones in a way that, um, like in the past, if I would have gotten a job, like thinking about yourself, like as a little kid, if you told yourself as a, as a teenager or a kid, like, Oh, you're going to be living in LA. You're going to be working with these people. You're going to, you know, your, your younger self would be like, Oh my gosh, really? That's the dream. Like, that's the dream. But then like, you as an adult you tend to not even enjoy those moments because you're just like so focused on the next thing and this is one thing that I struggle with is like I'm so constantly like what's next what's next what's next is like I'll come off of a job where it's like the greatest thing I've ever done or like the coolest people I've ever worked with and I'll enjoy it for the ride home and as soon as I get to my house I'm like oh my gosh what's next like where's my next paycheck going to come from? Like, how am I going to get another job? What if I never get another, another job? And it's like, I literally just had like the best moment in my career. And one hour ago <laughs> and, and an hour later I'm like sad or like, just like, Oh my gosh, what's right. going to happen next? You know? Yeah. And everybody has different levels of having to deal with that. And, um, <laughs> there's definitely people in my life where I feel like, man, you're, awesome. Why do you feel so sad all the time? Yeah. And then other people that, uh, one of them, my, my recent podcast guests, I asked that question to like, do you doubt yourself? And he kind of looked confused and he's like, no. Oh wow. No, I don't. And I believed him yeah. because I've worked with him and he's like one of the most self-confident people in a good, healthy way. He's very, he knows what he wants to do. He's got a great vision. Yeah. He knows what's up and he has experience to, to, you know, bolster that. Right. And I was like, how do I get there? You know, how do I get to where you're at? That's awesome. Yeah. And I think as creatives, we're always chasing like the next thing creative wise, like, and it's always changing. Like for makeup, there's always a new style and, and it's hard to sort of stay grounded in like, what is my style and what is my perspective as a makeup artist? Because you're always trying to please your client. And so it's like, how do I stay grounded in my technique and my style while incorporating who they are? And then also trying to keep a style like implemented in that. And so it's, it can be tough because you're always striving for like the next thing. Um, and, but I always have to tell myself like right before a big job, I always doubt myself like, Oh my gosh, like, what if I'm the worst person ever? And always like halfway through a makeup job, I'm just like, I can't believe they hired me. Like, why am I here? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this looks terrible. And then like I somehow pull it together and then they're like happy. But I'm imagining Conan at behind his <laughs> desk with like, you know, I don't know, Selma Hayek or Tom Cruise yeah. and, and just being like, 
why am I here? Yeah, like this is the worst <laughs> why thing Why am I ever. halfway through? Am I, is this really happening? Right. But I always think to myself like. And everybody else I've is just always like. survived. You, you belong there. You're yeah. the reason I watch the show. Not for Tom Cruise or right. not for, you know, whatever exactly. big actor is on there. Exactly. I watch it because you're freaking funny and he doesn't know that. And that's, right. you know, that's probably kind of how it is for you. Like yeah. they hired you, Candace. Right. Exactly. Well, and I think there's all, always like. I have to remind myself, like, you have always survived. Like, you you haven't died. <laughs> you haven't died of embarrassment. Like, any <laughs> anything that will ever happen, you can control. Like, you can make it through. So, you know, you're a smart person who can get through anything. And you just have to, like, remind yourself that you're not going to, like, die. <laughs> What's the worst thing that could happen on this job? You die. And you haven't died. So, like, keep going. <laughs> Which is most likely going to be totally unrelated to how well you did your job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, how do you feel that social media factors into building your business and maintaining your business and continuing to grow it? Yeah. Um, it's so interesting because over the years it's become more pressurized. It's become more about like content, just putting stuff out there constantly and, um, you know, I've had jobs where people would rather look at my Instagram than my website. And my website is a culmination of like my style, my brand, who I am. I'm like, no, look at my website. And they're like, well, what's your Instagram? And I've also had jobs where they're like, can you, um, tell me how many followers you have? Mm. Like you're like losing work because you don't have enough. So you feel like follower count is important right now for creatives? I think it is important. And also you know, your, you, basically like how many likes you're getting, how many views you're getting. And that's, that's such a crazy concept because the algorithm is constantly changing on Instagram. Like, and I have no control over that. Like, and, and that's the thing that is so hard about Instagram and social media is like, you really don't have control. And so, and I'm the type of person that I like to have control. I like to be able to, you know, understand what's happening next. And, and, and with social media, you have no control at all. Like, and I'm always surprised by like, I'll post something that I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the one, this is the one that's going to go viral. And it's like a dud. Nobody sees it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody sees it, but it has nothing to do with my work, right. but it makes you feel like it does. Um, well, I remember like four years ago, I had a lot less followers. Yeah. And I'd get like 350 people yeah. liking my photos or yeah. something. And then about two years ago, you know, I had, I had more followers at that point. And then suddenly, and I think it's just switched on everybody. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot of rabble about that. But suddenly it's like, okay, 150 people, like cut yeah. right in half. Yeah. And then just suddenly again, that was like two years yes. ago. And, the, and it, and just recently, like last two weeks or so, mm-hmm. suddenly it's like 40 people yes. are liking my photos. Yes. And so, you know, to me, I'm not thinking like, oh man, I've lost it. I'm just thinking like, okay, how much longer am I going to put any stock in Instagram <laughs> yes. and wasting my time with yeah. this? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because I, I felt the same way. I actually posted a photo yesterday where 
it got 75 likes. And we're talking like only a few months ago, I was getting like 350, 400. And it's a great photo and it's like a great, you know, yeah. showing of what I, my work and like but people everyone just aren't the, seeing it. They're not seeing it or they're just, um, you know, yeah, it's all changed and I don't, I don't love it just because of the fact that we are being judged a lot on like our followers and like I've lost followers a lot in the last, you know, few weeks where my follower account stopped growing yeah. like two years ago. It yeah. has not grown yes, at all. Like exactly. maybe in two years, like a hundred people. I've been so before close. that it was just like a constant growth. Yeah. I've been so close to 10,000 followers for like two years and I'm just like, just get there. You know, <laughs> like I just want that K like that 10 K, you know? And I feel like there's a threshold that you get above and like you start getting seen more probably. Yes. And I'm just not even close. Right. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I definitely struggle with like, do I want to keep, you know, it's a lot of work to maintain that. Yeah. It's all about the content. Or do I want to move over somewhere else or just kind of, you know, Maybe yeah. not even – I know a lot of um, creatives that are working a lot. They don't really – a lot of them do put a lot of stock into Instagram mm -hmm. and Facebook and social media. But I also work with a lot of creatives who don't even care about it. And right. they don't have a real presence. Right. And they're working. Yeah. And it's like, okay, do I just kind of go that route? I, always, I sometimes fantasize about like mm – -hmm. What if I just stopped posting on Instagram and I'll go through like a couple weeks where I just, I'm like, I can't do this right now. Yeah, like, and then I'll too. have like bursts where it's like five photos in a row. Or yeah. Whatever. But at the same time, we're ragging on it on all the downside of it, but there is a real upside of it, which is the community. Like mm -hmm. I really enjoy getting feedback from my followers. I really enjoy, you know, I'll post a story, just something stupid. I'm feeling funny in a moment. I'll post some stupid little funny video. Yeah. And then people respond to me. Right. And then I talk to them and we laugh about it. Right. And, you know, it might be my friend that I see every day or it might be somebody that I miss that, like, you know, lives in a different state now and I haven't yeah. seen them in years. And it's nice to hear from them. And there's, there's a lot of, like, really... It's a lot of positive that comes from yeah. being involved in your Instagram community. So, And I think the thing that people really respond to, um, every year I try and have a word that represents like the way I want to be for that year. And last year it was the word courage. Like I just felt like I needed every day to be courageous. Mm -hmm. And this year the word is authentic. And I actually even have it like on my screensaver on my phone I created like a little thing that says authentic. Oh, nice. And so every time I open it, I remind myself to be authentic. And I think that that's on social media. What people really respond to these days is not just the perfection of like, oh, everything's great. And now I'm like in Bali on this vacation and I'm swimming with dolphins. Like it's like today sucked like really <laughs> bad because I think that people really are drawn to you know, a story of somebody. I remember I took a marketing class once and it was talking about like commercials and, um, some of the most successful commercials have been like 
a story where like you see a character who starts off one way and there's a struggle and then they come out of it and people really are drawn to that. Mm -hmm. But if it was a commercial, like everything's amazing the whole time, (laughs) like no one's going to be drawn to that. I mean, you even think of films where like, you know, there has to be your hero. There has to be conflict. Yeah. There has to be conflict and that's real life. And if, if you're not showing your struggle, you're hiding your conflict away. Right. And I'm not interesting. Totally like guilty of that where it's like, man, today really was hard, but I don't say anything about it. You know, people all the time are like, what, it, how's it been since you moved to LA? And I'm like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but you don't know that I cried yesterday. Well, it's hard you know? because in the moment, like I struggle with that too, with the idea of being authentic because A, you don't want to like just fully, you know, air out your laundry yeah. in, on <laughs> Instagram a, a because there line. are people who do that and you're like, Oh my gosh, have you no shame? Right. Right. <laughs> um, yes. and I, you know, I'm have some friends like that and I love them and, but it's just like, it's a lot, just tone it down a little bit. Yeah. And so you don't want to completely go in that direction. Yes. But then at the same time you see those people who are just like party, party, happy fun. Yeah. It's like, I find no, that's the ones not real. Yeah, <laughs> I know the you. People that I f- I am looking at their stories on a daily basis, you know, the ones that are like at the top of my feed most often are the ones that I'm like drawn to in an authentic way. Yeah. Like they're talking about you know the good, the bad, the ugly, but it's not in an overwhelming way where you're like, whoa, calm down there. Like I have my own struggles to deal with. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like an enjoyable, authentic. Just an honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying the interview. I wanted to pause for just a moment to thank our sponsors. Have you ever tried shopping for fabric online? How do you shop for fabric when you can't feel it, touch it, get a close look at it? Cottonier Fabrics makes shopping for fabric online easy. The website is beautiful, the images are gorgeous, and so detailed, you're not going to be surprised with what you buy. I should also mention that my wife and I own Cottonier Fabrics, which is why we put so much emphasis on clear and beautiful photography. So if you need fabric for any reason, go to cottonierfabrics.com, C-O-T-T-O-N-E-E-R, fabrics.com. So, and the other positive that I think Instagram and social media provide is networking Yeah. in a business, you know, not just family, friends that you haven't seen, but networking for your business. Yeah. I have a form on my website when somebody like reaches out to me and I have like a little survey question, how did you find me? Mm -hmm. And most of the time it's social media and that is like, okay, it's worth it. It's still a really good tool for all its problems. Yeah. And all the frustration. (laughs) And it's nice to have a place to display, especially for creatives, like a place where people can find you and Mm -hmm. you can display your work. And, you know, because you, you want to be proud of what you've done and you want it to be seen. And, you know, it is a a great place to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Where do you find your inspiration for, um, I mean, let's, you were talking about your style and developing your style. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that and how, because I'm thinking about somebody who's wanting to do this for a living and has no idea how to get into it and how to develop their own style and stand out. Yeah, I think it, it goes back to what we were talking about, about authenticity. Like what kind of artist are you going to be? Like there's so many different kinds. I mean, 
there's people who I look at their stuff and I'm like, that is art. Like, oh my gosh. Like, or there's people who transform themselves into like other people or, you know, there's just like a whole variety. And I think for me, I really started to find my style when I realized like what kind of person I wanted to work with and the kind of people that were being attracted to my style. Like, oh, this is what works and this is what I'm going to get hired for. And, but also just feeling like, why am I a makeup artist? Why specifically am I, am I a makeup artist? And almost having the struggle between like this idea of like feminism and like, um, you know, I want every woman to feel beautiful just as they are, but then how does makeup incorporate into that? Is there a pressure to wear makeup to be someone that you're not, you know, that's like a whole other topic. And, and I think that can be a struggle sometimes. Um, but when I see sort of a transformation in a person, um, and that they, they tend to like stand up taller and they, they feel more confident or they're like, wow, I haven't felt that way in a long time. Like, um, you sort of start to, you know, feel inspired by that. And, um, you know, as far as developing style and who I'm inspired by, I get inspired by some really amazing artists who I feel like drawn to their work, like Patrick Ta. He's like a really amazing artist. Um, Hung Van Gogh, like actually a lot of men makeup artists. Um, but also Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Renner. His work is fantastic. Top notch, (laughs) (laughs) but just people who I look at their work and I say like, I want mine to look like that. Like I, it's, it's a natural, it has a natural ease to it, but it's still like a natural glamor. That's like how I would hopefully describe my, my style. Um, because I still, it's like an enhancement. I don't want a woman to feel like, Oh, I don't even look like myself in a bad way. Like I can't even recognize, recognize myself. It's like about taking who she is and just like enhancing it. Um, and then I also like really love film. Mm -hmm. I really love music. I really, you know, love television. I've kind of always have been drawn to that. Like, if I wasn't a makeup artist, I'd probably be working in film or television somehow. And working in film and television, I feel like your job and my job are probably really similar mm-hmm. because sometimes I'm sitting there retouching and I'm thinking I'm basically a makeup artist. Yeah. <laughs> and then yes. I feel like you, you know, having to keep in mind the lighting yeah. and what, what the lighting environment is mm-hmm. and the angles that we're going to be shooting from, all this stuff Yeah. that you're thinking about the the same things I'm thinking about when I'm shooting. Right. Yeah. And especially we have very similar uh, ways that we have to approach what we do. Yeah. A lot of times, um, it's such a great thing to like, you know, go talk to the lighting guy or something and be like, okay, how are you going to light this? Cause I need to know if you're using red filters, like red is going to disappear on this person. Like, yeah. Or if you're using blue or, if it's or black and white, black and white, like you have to enhance things differently. So you do have to look at it from a technical point of view. And the, I think that I did struggle with that at first because it's sort of that like color concept that is like, very technical and I'm like, I just want to create and like, just, you know, create beautiful things. But there is a very technical, you know, part of it, especially when you're thinking of color theory and you're thinking like how colors 
come together, um, you know, the color wheel, and it is very technical. And also, you know, thinking about, so I attempted to start photographing some of my own work and that is a hard thing to do. And also <laughs> when I went to edit, I was like, wow, I'm seeing like every little mistake oh, yeah. that I have made as a makeup artist and things that in my mind, I was like, oh, they'll just edit that out. And now it's like completely different the way I think about it. Like, oh gosh, like, oh, that eyelash is sticking out in a weird way. That's going to be a horrible thing to try and edit out you know like you want to make it as perfect as possible and i think right. that that's where you find success is when you respect who you're working with and respect the fact that like you know they have needs too mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're not just like i'm just the makeup artist and i want to do what i want to do you're like oh yeah this like zit is gonna be a nightmare or whatever it is you know i think maybe i need you need to let me do makeup on our next <laughs> job so that i can really have that experience oh my gosh. <laughs> well and i a lot of times will pull photographers aside like i'll never forget um i worked with this model and she um all of her photos and everything that were sent into the photographer were very edited, very beautiful. And when she showed up, she had really bad skin and I'm just think sitting there thinking, and we like, <sighs> we didn't have a lot of time. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking in my mind, like I makeup can only go so far. You can only do so much. Like this is going to have to be something where I like hand, hand, pass the baton to the photographer and be like, you're going to have to take this from here, you know, mm -hmm. because there's only so much you could cover up color, but you can't color, cover up texture, Yeah, you know? And so after I did the makeup, I went to him while she was changing. And I said, like, this is where I'm at. Like, and, and we had to like have a discussion and stuff and, mm -hmm. um, about like what I could really accomplish. Well, in well that's another facet of it too, because you know, just like you're recognizing, okay, there's a lot more that goes into this for the photographer. Yeah. It's the same with models. They're yes. people, you know, yes, and, and I've definitely had that experience a lot. And when you're brand new and you, sh you a model shows up and she, her skin is just broken out. You're like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like <laughs> this is a beauty shoot. Right. But then, you know, after a while you realize, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. These are people. These are not like props. They're not robots. Who just, and you know, yeah. they're doing their best. Yeah. They had a bad week or, or whatever. Yeah. And you know, it happens. Yeah. And we have tools that we can use to fix that and kind of um, work with it. Right. And that's all you can do. Yeah. Just do the best with what you got. Exactly. Well, and it's also interesting because I recently assisted this makeup artist who's a pretty big makeup artist and a model came in and she definitely had some, some blemishes and he didn't really cover them. And I remember thinking like, dude, like you kind of left some spots there. And I asked him about him about it later. Like, why didn't you cover up those blemishes? And he's like, the makeup it would take to cover those will cause more of a problem on camera to try and fix mm -hmm. than it would just to edit it, edit that one spot out. Right. Like if you're trying to put layer of layer of makeup on to cover that, like it's going to cause texture issues. It might dry it out. And so then the photographer is going to have to like go back in and re edit the whole space rather than just like that little red spot. Right. And it wasn't like a huge zit. It was like a red spot, you know? And, um, but he also 
that was something he talked to his photographer about ahead of time so that they had an understanding on the technical side that that was okay to do. Like if she was walking a red carpet, of course, like you got to cover that stuff up. But in photography, like it's a little different. Do you ever feel like it's weird that this is the kind of stuff we talk about for work? (laughs) (laughs) Cause I, I also think like sometimes when I'm having crazy days or, or something like that, I just go like, this is my job. And it could be so much not worse, but like I have had careers where I'm just like, gosh, like I just sit at a desk all day and, or like, there's just like way worse problems in the world. But yeah. Other people are like, our SEO is not, you know, <laughs> where it needs to be. Or like the, the levels of this oil pump are, you yeah. know, need to be higher. What's going on? We have a leak. And we're like, that girl has a zit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I watch, um, I don't know if you ever watch, uh, what's the best way to fix that? Zit? Yeah. Yeah. I watched last week tonight with John Oliver sometimes and he, his whole show is a lot of times about like what's going on in the world. And I sometimes watch it just to keep perspective of like, uh-huh. like it's just makeup. Like it's not the end of the world. And guess what? Like it washes off and like, it's, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal when I think like it's so important and I'm just like, calm, right. calm yourself there. <laughs> but I Absolutely. love that we, because the world needs art. The world will always need an outlet for creativity, music. Like it changes people's lives and it can really make people feel. And, well, and not, it's, it's not only art though. It's also a vehicle for growing your business. It's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, businesses need photography Yes. for selling their product. Yeah. Well, and it can really make a difference. There's a, a company that um, I'm working with actually next week, and they are rebranding their whole – they're like a shapewear company. Um, they're rebranding their whole look because the people that they've worked with in the past, especially makeup, they they did very like harsh makeup, like a lot of red lips and a lot of like just a lot of blush and just like it was very like – too it was too much you know Mm -hmm. so they're wearing these like you know like leggings and like a tank top and she's like wearing red lips and (laughs) so they're like trying to rebrand and and um for their website and their catalogs and stuff and it can really make a difference of how it's perceived from an outside perspective you know and they're really hoping that with this rebrand they'll sell more product and and that leads to more jobs for the company and you know it's just like it trickles down from there just by changing a lip color Mm -hmm. like which is so funny makes a big difference yeah exactly Are We Grown Ups Yet is also brought to you by New Face Fashion Magazine. New Face Fashion Magazine is an editorial based fashion magazine it comes out every month and it's filled with gorgeous photography My images have been on the cover of New Face magazine quite a few times, and I'm really proud to be part of the New Face family. Another really cool thing about the magazine is that they spotlight up-and-coming influencers and celebrities, some of whom I've actually had the opportunity to photograph for the magazine, and that has always been a really fun experience. So go to NewFaceFashionMagazine.com, that's NewFaceFashionMagazine.com, and get the latest issue. Do you feel like a grown-up? (sighs) there are some days I think, man, this is what it's like to be grown up, but I'm paying these, all these taxes. Um, I feel like, no, I don't feel like a grown up because I, I think what I do is so fun. Like I feel 
blessed, even though that's like a, a word that's like used so much these days. But I do feel very, um, you know, blessed to be working in a career that I love. And I always imagined being a grown up being like really hard. Like when I was younger, I had to be like, oh, being a grown up, like, that's a really hard thing. And everyone hates their jobs and is always complaining and never is having fun. <laughs> and so then I think about myself now and I go like, am I a grown up? Like I'm kind of having fun. Is that what it's like to be a grown up? Have things evolved? So I, I'm sure someday when I'm like 80 years old, I'll be like, I'm finally grown up. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. What about you? Do you feel like a grown up? I do. I've got I two mean, kids. I mean, you're a husband <laughs> and you have two kids and you, you know, you're like at a different There's place. definitely times when I think like, man, I, you know, I think it would be different if, because I really do, you know, everybody talks about how don't, don't care about what anybody thinks about you, but I really do care about what my family thinks about me yeah. and, and what I'm doing. And I'm really supported in photography. Um, everybody around me has always supported it yeah. and they see that I'm doing well. Right. So, um, I've never felt that pressure from them. Mm -hmm. Um, I do put it on myself sometimes yeah. where I think what are, what must people think of me that I go around and take photos, you know? <laughs> and it's not that it's not a hard job to do and takes an incredible amount of, um, organization and responsibility to run this business. Right. It really does. It's hard and um, it's challenging every day. But it's more the perception of, or what I think the perception is, yeah. <laughs> my perception of other people's perception yeah. of me. Um, and that's just me being insecure. So I have moments of that. Yeah. And then I think I'm getting pretty good at quickly being able to stomp out those weird feelings that I have. Yeah. Um, it was a lot worse when I was new at it. Because it was almost like, am I allowed to do this for a job? <laughs> right. Like, you know, like I said, I got into this by accident. It, right. It was not something I ever really planned to do. So when I started doing it, it was just something to pay some bills while I was injured. Yeah. And then it just took off and, you know, I started, I've just found myself in this spot and I'm like, okay, am, is this a real job? Yeah. Can like, I people, I was waiting for the people like in my life to tell me, okay, now it's time for you to, you know, you Go had your fun. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, I kind of was easily able to talk myself out of those thoughts because it became really challenging and really hard. And it's always a struggle. It's always, um, you know, it, there's a lot that I put into this. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the, at the end of the day, it's a business just like anything else. And I'm proud of myself that I've built a business yeah. and that, you know, I'm excited to grow it. Right. Yeah. I feel, um, similar in the, in the sense that my family does mean a lot to me and my parents, my mom and my stepdad are also business owners and they work very hard. Like they, mm -hmm. they grow flowers and, and it's a very like, they, they like work, you know, they're yeah. like physically working and, you know, they have a whole, you know, employees and everything. And, and I've always thought like, oh, that's, that's like real work, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so when it's so fun, sometimes you go like, is this, 
is this real work? Is this, you know, a business and stuff? But I, I do value what my family thinks. And, um, you know, when I told them like, I'm going to quit my job and go do this, they were really supportive. And I think that they were concerned in the sense of like, do you have a plan? Do you know Mm -hmm. what you're doing? Like, how is this all going to work? But you know, every time I call, especially my mom and say like, Oh, this was tough. She's like, keep going, just keep going, you know? And I think that there was a moment where I found myself and someone actually pointed it out to me where I would, they would be like, Oh, what do you do? And I'd be like, Oh, I'm just a makeup artist. And I would say I'm just a makeup artist. Like that's all I, you know, and finally someone was like, why do you say that? And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like, that's just what I do. And they're like, you're, you're a makeup artist. Like that's what you do. And it, you should be proud not to just be like, Oh yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. because when I first was getting into makeup, you know, years ago, because everything has changed with YouTube and Instagram, it's like a more respectable thing. But years ago it was kind of like, it, it kind of, I was like ashamed of it. Like it almost felt like, um, you know, a lot of women who ended up being makeup artists were like, you know, high school dropouts or like single moms who couldn't do anything else. The world has changed so much too, where that was some weird thing that was now happening in these weird people who didn't mind like, you know, not being private. Right. Which, because, I mean, privacy was looked at so differently 10 years ago. Right. But, um, you know, it's it's a different world now. I feel like 2019 and ongoing is, like, the best time ever in our, our you know, human aspect to be an entrepreneur. Like, oh, absolutely. There's just so many easy ways to be an entrepreneur. You, we have... Uh, smartphones we have apps we have ways to connect and it's easier than ever to do it not that it's not hard but like you know yeah and you know it's it's really cool that your parents and your well your family has supported you and I had that support too and when I think about it my dad was he built a business on his own you know when I was a baby and he kicked butt right he did awesome and all he ever told me when I was growing up is you need to start, you need to work for yourself, Mm. start a business. Yeah. And so that was another thing that just that constant reinforcement of you need to work for yourself and, and be a business owner. Right. That's one thing for me that when I do start feeling a little bit like, Hmm, is any, you know, am I doing the right thing? Just having that reinforcement, like, yeah, that's exactly what my dad has always wanted for me. Yeah. And you know, that may sound lame, but that means a lot to me, right. what my parents think about what I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah, it's, a it's really, really important to have support. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if I didn't, if, if I went to my parents and said like, I'm going to do this and they were like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I may not have done it, you know, because that's an important opinion. Yeah. I don't have, I think I'd have the strength to be one of those people that's like, well, you know, F you mom and dad, I'm <laughs> yeah. moving and I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't think I could do that because yeah. that's just not the way I was raised and I really value my family. Right. And I understand that not everybody has that loving, supportive family. Right. And man... You know, I have a lot of respect for those people too. Yeah. But I'm just, you know, saying that that's not me and that's... And I think it's also really important because um, I've always sort of like believed in people's dreams. Like, 
I, this is so cheesy, like so, so cheesy, but I love to watch like singing competitions or like America's Got Talent when, when they get like the golden buzzer (laughs) and like, you never really get a moment to see someone's dreams come true, like on camera. Right. And I always cry. Like, I'm always like, oh my gosh, their dream just (laughs) came true. And like, and I'm sobbing and they're crying and you know. I love the idea and I love seeing people's like true dreams and passions like come true. And I always feel sad for people who like grew up without parents telling Mm -hmm. them like you can do whatever you want. Absolutely. And I would just imagine that would be such a struggle. That takes a strong person. Yeah. To be like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want. And I, you know, grew up, in a, in a household where I had, you know, my, my mom is a very strong person and there was a period of time when, you know, she was a single mom and, and, you know, she ended up going back to college, like while raising three daughters and working multiple jobs and not having, you know, the support she needed financially. So she had to like make it happen herself. And, um, I graduated high school on a Thursday and she graduated college on a Saturday. Like it was like a week of celebration. And, um, you know, just even as a woman to be able to be like, you have the strength to do whatever you want to do. Like, that's such an amazing thing to grow up in that mm-hmm. kind of like community and that kind of support. And, um, you know, to have people that support you and love you no matter what, like when I left my casting director position, I left, you know, working on some of the biggest shows on television, Parks and Rec, Scandal, CSI New York, The Office, Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men, Mike and Molly, like huge shows. And within a month, I was living at my parents' house in a spare bedroom. Like, how do you do that? And they were just like, come home. Like, we're here for you. And I just struggled to be like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And it was like from that support that I was able to like kind of get back on my feet and be like, okay, what do I really want to do? And, you know, and that probably helped you with your fear of failure. Yeah. You know, like I did fail. Yeah. <laughs> like I did have a moment of failure from my own perspective where I was like, dude, I failed hard. Like this, how did I go from this to this, you know? Um, but from just being like, I have failed once in my own mind and now I can, if I fail again, I fail again. Like, there's nothing left to fear. Yeah. There's That's nothing. awesome. So I just say like, if you have a dream, like go for it. It's hard without support, but like you have to do it. You can't have any regrets. You can't get to 60 years old and be like, I never did anything with my life that cause that'll, that'll haunt you longer than like mm-hmm. the failures, you know, like to, to, to think you didn't do something is harder to, to, you know, feel than if you did do something and you, it didn't go the way you wanted or, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Where can listeners find you? Everywhere. No. <laughs> um, they can find me on Instagram at Candace Miller makeup, Candace with an A and it's not spelled can dance. I get that all the time. Can dance. Can like, you dance? Like I can dance. <laughs> <laughs> I can freestyle a little bit. Um, on a daily basis, people write my name Candance. I don't know what it is. It's not spelled Candance. It's <laughs> Candace with an A. Um, Miller Makeup. And also my website is CandaceMillerMakeup.com. I feel, I feel like Candance is like if two film festivals decided to combine. 
<laughs> a dance festival. Like the, the Cannes Film Festival and the Sundance Film Festival. I That's what that, I thought of for some reason. Isn't that weird? I think that people maybe think it's Candence. Oh, Candence. But also like in, huh. in your mind, it's like you're spelling the word dance. It's C-A-N-D-A-C-E. D-A-C-E. It's just missing an N. So then they just put the N and then it's Candance. Huh. I can't really. I don't know. <laughs> but see, I knew a girl named Candace when I was really young, so I just always knew that name. Yes. So maybe that's a weird name to some people. You've I don't been know. Trained since. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> well, Candace, thank you so much thank for coming you. on. I might start calling you Candance. It. You know, when I tell people that people call me that, <laughs> it becomes a nickname. <laughs> cool. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah. I yeah. Enjoyed this for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah. I feel like we should like shake hands now or something. Well, let's shake hands for the microphone. Yes. <laughs> There we go. There you go. And smile <laughs> creepily while we do it. Yes. Cool. Say hi to Joe. I will. And that's going to do it for today's episode. You can hear the rest of this interview on part two coming out soon. So make sure to subscribe to Are We Grownups Yet? wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow us on social media. And if you like this episode, then I would love it if you would give us a five-star rating. That's going to make this podcast more visible and more people are going to be able to find it and enjoy it. The Are We Grown Ups theme song was produced and recorded by my good friend Brooke Monroe. And it was written and performed by yours truly. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time on Are We Grown Ups Yet?